This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We are always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. We'll take you up to 845 tonight, abbreviated version of OT. Uh, before we hand things over to Tech Talk Live, make sure you keep it locked on The Fan all night long uh, as we got coverage of Caps Hockey coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. The fellas, winners of six out of their last eight in Anaheim, continuing their West Coast road trip. They will take on the Ducks face-off set for 10 o'clock. Pre-game coverage gets rolling at 945 right here on The Fan. Right now, though, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline is where we find our pal Josh Robbins, who covers the Washington Wizards for The Athletic. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Joshua B. Robbins. Josh, how you doing? You holding Orlando down? <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Always appreciate you giving us some time, my friend. Hopefully uh, the Thanksgiving break was good to you and the fam. You are out right now in Orlando, meaning you were in attendance last night uh, to see the Wizards take on one of the hottest teams in basketball and really one of the biggest surprises here in the first 20 or so games of the regular season. What did you see last night uh, from the D.C. family? I saw a team that was overmatched in terms of size uh, and in depth. Yeah. And for a large part of this season, the Wizards bench has played pretty well, um, all things considered. Last night, they were badly outplayed by uh, perhaps uh, the best bench in the league. So wow, strong praise, strong praise. Uh, so, well, yes, and uh, you know, that's a lot of these games for the Wizards, if they lose, go one of two ways. One, they have a lead, uh, double-digit lead, and they lose it in the second half or they get blown out. Yeah. And last night was one of those blowouts. And it's going to happen uh, in part because they just don't have a roster that is, that is physically ready to defend. Yeah, it's tough. And we kind of knew going into the season that based on the current construction, the current makeup of the roster, that it was going to be tough uh, to come by wins on a consistent basis. This season uh, was really about the growth and development of the young cats on the team uh, Johnny Davis, last year's first-round pick. Corey Kispert, former first-round pick. Denny Avdia, former first-round pick. And then this year's first-round pick, Bilal Koulibaly. I want to talk about Denny here for a second because I remember, and you remember probably too, media day, opening day for these guys, and they all took the podium. And when Denny Avdia took the podium, Josh, I think 
I couldn't even help myself. I said something funky out loud like, man, you've been in the gym, huh? He just looked visibly bigger, right, and more physically imposing. You're really seeing that strength uh, translate onto the court. He's playing with a ton of more confidence. I know the contract is a big part of that. But I look, for one example, the way he's using his offhand on some of these drives and really constantly putting pressure on the rim, Josh, how impressed are you by what you've seen from Denny here in the first 20 games? And then I think this is the most important question, Josh. How sustainable do you think it is? Because we've seen Denny have really good stretches, but do you think this is something that will continue throughout the duration of the season? I don't see any reason why his aggression toward the hoop and his use of his heightened size and strength um, is a flash in the pan. As long as the Wizards continue to play this wide-open kind of freewheeling offensive style that emphasizes running and, and uh, getting into their offense very quickly. I think um, that's both the strength and the weakness. Of, that's one of the strengths and one of the weaknesses of the team. Yeah. Uh, and Denny has improved, I think, uh, significantly, particularly with his ability to finish through contact. Uh, matter of fact, I, I think I tweeted about it last night. I think uh, that's a, a very clear improvement in his corner along with an improved three-pointer so it's um even an objective observer would have to be optimistic that that Denny is making strides yeah I I feel the same way I, I think and tell me if you agree with this or not the contract I feel like is lending toward the, the the confidence offensively and how aggressive he's been but we know how Denny is. He's a guy that wears it on his sleeve. If he's not happy, you're going to know about it. It'll be visibly uh, apparent. In, in terms of how he is going to be able to develop over the next couple of years with this roster, I guess it's going to change and fluctuate, but he seems to be one of the pieces that will be here uh, for the long term. Do you think he has the type of play style, and i got to be careful when I say this, and do you think he has the mental makeup to be a guy that can help spearhead this thing uh, into the future in, t- in terms of culture and mentality and playing hard on a night in and night out basis. Because when I think of Denny Avdia, I think of that 100 miles an hour, they call him turbo, playing with pace, playing with energy, and he's locking down defensively. Do you think he's got th- the type of mental makeup to where he could be a guy that maybe is a leader of this thing moving forward? Not the leader, but a leader. Uh, sure, why not? But I also think it's difficult to do when you're 22 years old. Well, um, so. Um, that's, I think, what everyone who watches the Wizards needs to tell themselves. Yes, he's in year four in the league. That's true. And yes, he should be making improvements. Uh, That's also true. But he's also only 22, about to, not far off from his 23rd birthday. So uh, we all have to keep it in perspective. Uh, He's he's probably several years off from being uh, who, the type of player he ultimately will become. I think if I have one concern is Mm -hmm. that when someone ramps up his play on offense and devotes more energy and, and um, hustle on offense, does it take away defensively? And I'm not sure that we've seen that he's been a lockdown defender this year. Um, So that's, that's something that's very difficult to do to be a true two way player. Something very, that's why they're so rare. That's why they're so valuable. And um, I think that's one of the steps you will have to take to try to regain that defensive um, shutdownness yeah. <laughs> and also keep up the 
heightened offense that he's providing. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating discussion to have talking about Denny, and I, I do agree with you, right? That's I think that's with any player, Josh. When you see their their usage increased offensively, you'll have a little bit of a drop defensively. But in an ideal world, when we get closer to the winning portion of this roster, when we when we look ahead into the future a year or two down the line, when this roster is able to be better, I, I hope Denny is not ha- asked to have a huge offensive role, and that allows him uh, to lock in more defensively. We're joined right now on the BetQL guest hotline by our pal Josh Robbins, who covers the Washington Wizards for the Athletic. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Joshua B. Robbins. Heck of a story that you put out this this morning, Josh, in The Athletic, comparing the two rebuilds, uh, the one that's going on here in Washington compared to what we're seeing in Orlando with the Magic, who the Wizards uh, will play back-to-back games against. They got another one uh, against Orlando tomorrow night. In, in terms of the differences in these two rebuilds, is it as simple as... Orlando, I guess, hitting on their picks, or do you think it's more of a willingness to understand that, hey, look, we're in that middling area. Let's go out and rip the Band-Aid off of this thing and take our lumps and acquire some talent so we can compete like they are right now. It's both. Yeah, It's both, and Orlando's draft record has not been perfect. Right. It's been much better in recent years. Uh, but the primary difference in the start of the rebuilds is that Orlando moved its best player, Nikola Vucevic, who was a two-time All-Star, uh, and nowhere near the dominant player offensively who Bradley Beal was at Beal's height. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got multiple protected first-round picks in return. And that enabled them to draft both Jalen Suggs and, and Franz Wagner and enabled them this past year to draft Anthony Black and Jet Howard. And when you have more bites of the apple... Right. You can, you don't want to fail. You don't want to make the bad pick, but you have a, you know, another swing. Uh, you have another sw- turn at bat. Really, the Wizards, as fans know all too well, they mm-hmm. try to almost force things. They tried to shoehorn Bradley Beal into a a one A option, a one A player, uh, someone you know, franchise cornerstone. Didn't work. It didn't work, and. These are very difficult choices to make, and it's 100% easy for me to say in hindsight that they waited too long. And as a matter of fact, I would have proceeded carefully myself. <laughs> right. But in hindsight, it was a, a, a devastating mistake. They can recover from it. It's going to take a while, though. That's the hope, and that's the hope that is that it happens sooner rather than later. Josh, I, I texted you something last night, and I wonder, wonder your thoughts on how dangerous am I speaking too soon when I, when I say this? Am I crazy, and do you understand what I mean, I guess, when I feel like I say this Wizards team has turned a mini corner is how I will call it. When you look back and go all the way back to the Friday night game against the Charlotte Hornets where they end up dropping one where they, where they should have won, when you look at that eight or nine game stretch in between, obviously the outliers are the performance at home against Dallas and New York. But when you look at that stretch, do you, do you, have you seen a change in the effort level of this group and their willingness to play for each other? Because there were certain points during that losing streak, Josh, where it looked like they had reached rock bottom and this thing was never going to get turned around in any form or fashion. Are, are you happy with the way they have competed here in the last eight or nine games is what I'll say. 
Sometimes. Sometimes. I, I don't think that they are a, a loafing team. I don't think that they are a lazy team. Um, I don't think that there's a, necessarily a lack of buy-in. I just think that they are hamstrung by their own lack of size, lack of depth, um, and um, lack of experience playing together. So I'm not one, you know, it's interesting. Adam Silver said a couple weeks ago that so much of the analysis on the NBA, on the team's own TV networks, their own broadcast, that so often the analysis says, well, one team played harder than the other. Well, I think that he said the NBA should be covered more like the NFL, more about scheme, more about X's and O's. And on this narrow issue, mm-hmm. I think he's right. <laughs> I, th- I don't think that the Wizards issues are all about effort. Uh, I think it's about roster construction. I think it's about overall talent. Um, The Orlando team, they play as hard as anyone, but it wouldn't matter much if they didn't have a starting backcourt that's 6'5 and 6'7. Right. And a front court that's 6'10 all all the way across. Uh, If you play with effort and have that, you're more likely than not – to win a lot of games compared to smaller teams that give similar efforts. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a heck of a point, and I, I do think that's that's interesting in terms of the way the analysis is given on the NBA compared to how it is in the NFL. I do think you have a darn good point with that. I, I want to focus on on one player in particular that we've talked about, you know, at nauseum on the record and off the record. That's Jordan Poole. Seems to be playing. You know, a lot better offensively here in the last five games. I believe it's four out of his last five. He's had 20 or more points. In terms of what the expectation should be for Jordan, can you try to set that for us here right now, Josh? Because at first, and I'm guilty of this as well, at first, man, I thought you just see this talented player in Jordan Poole and you saw what he was able to do in Golden State. I thought it would be a seamless transition. He was my vote to be most improved player. I thought he had a shot at the scoring title this year. What was it that folks misvalued how good Jordan was? Or do you just think it's an adjustment period that he's going through right now being uh, higher towards the top of these scouting reports and receiving more attention uh, from opposing teams? I think both are part of it. I think that he does need some more time to adjust on the court. Um, to to actually perform better, to play better, but I think he needs to be more than than uh, who he's shown. Yeah, you know, he talked, I think, uh, sincerely about wanting to be a leader uh, heading into this season. Well, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Wes Unsell Jr. says, "Well, he's the life of every practice, and he's trying to bring guys along." And to be fair, I saw him kind of uh, encouraging Bilal late in last night's game in garbage time. Uh, but you need more. Right. If you're going to be an NBA team's leader, you need to be more. And they dismissed the importance of that timeout in Brooklyn. Well, you can't be – you can't – yes, does it happen more often than people know in the in, – in the fans know yeah. and journalists know? Yes. But still, if you want to be a leader, you can't do that. And it's, it's, it's an issue for the Wizards going forward, I think. And he's going to have to prove, I think, that he truly can be a leader because, in my opinion, uh, he hasn't shown it yet. Yeah, I think 
what you're saying is the, the harsh reality of the situation right now. I think, I think you would agree with saying a lot of the guys within the building are, are rooting for him to turn this thing around, and they want it to work with Jordan. But at some point, uh, you got you got to pull the plug if it continues to go in the wrong direction. You talked about the leadership element of this roster, and I think it's a very good point to make because it is a very young team that doesn't have a ton of experience, but they've got some key veterans. Someone who's really impressed me in terms of their veteran leadership, and I didn't know they were capable of being this good of a leader, and maybe I'm overstating how good they are as a leader. Kyle Kuzma. I feel like it's evident watching the games that his leadership isn't always the rah-rah, pull-you-to-the-side type of leadership. His his ability to get his other teammates involved and not be selfish offensively, like it, it's kind of the situation where it's like, well, if the best player on the team, quote-unquote, is playing unselfish and passing the basketball, everyone else has to. Have you seen that with Kyle Kuzma, and, and what are you expecting to see from him as we get into the later portions of this season? Well, I think he's done pretty well. I think he's done pretty well, and I think he um, kind of gradually got there in after in year two in Washington. Um, again, the question I would have with him is, can he be a better defender? And if he's a better yeah. defender, then he can be a better leader. But yes, I think he's done. I think he's doing pretty much all he can. What do you make of the reaction on Wizards Twitter? Because it feels like, Josh, everyone's trying to get rid of the guy. And I'm like, oh, 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 pump the brakes. The same comment that I made about Denny, Josh, I really feel more strongly about with Kyle. He's on a really favorable contract. And if he could buy in defensively and kind of be that extension of Wes Unsell Jr. on, on the court, do you look at him as the guy that can like maybe spearhead your culture moving forward and help establish and set that tone? For who this for who Wizards basketball is and what Wizards basketball is, I think he can be good. But I think there's also only one Jimmy Butler. I think <laughs> that there's only one uh, Giannis. Right. Uh, we can go down the line. Um, there aren't many people like that in the league. That's why they're so coveted. Yeah. Um, I think he's done well in terms of people wanting to trade him. I think that it has nothing to do with Kuz. Um, it would have nothing to do with Denny or anyone else on the roster. It's the, it's the reality that in order to launch an effective rebuild, and this is kind of what I was getting at in today's piece, mm-hmm. you have to have a lot of bites at the apple. And who look up and down the roster, who, aside from Bilal, really has significant value? Um, yeah. I think it's probably two people, probably Kuzma and Denny. So, reality. <laughs> well, yes, and this is the problem of of not striking when the iron is hot and being willing to take your medicine when you have to take that medicine. Um, tough choice to make, but the the Wizards' rebuild is can be successful. It's just probably going to take longer than it has in Orlando. And that is the overarching message, Josh, to the Wizards fans: patience over the next couple of years as they try to figure themselves out and get themselves back into the playoff conversation in the Eastern Conference. Josh, appreciate you giving me some time as always, my friend. We will catch up soon. You're the greatest, Linnell. Josh, Josh Robbins, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Joshua B. Robbins, and make sure you check out his work in The Athletic. 
uh, giving you the latest on the DC family. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. One final segment about a little Thursday night football preview for you. That's next here on the. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. One final segment here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Liddell Willingham. Big thank you to Josh Robbins hopping on in the last segment, talking all things Washington Wizards. Wizards got the night off to play the Orlando Magic tomorrow night in it in Orlando, excuse me, for the second straight time. Uh, make sure you tap into that. You can hear all the action over on our sister station, the Team 980. Right now on our sister station, the Team 980, you got Westwood One's coverage of Thursday Night Football and a rocking start in Big D. We talked about it in the opening segment of the show. It's probably the biggest Thursday Night Football game in a while, it feels like, man. And I know we just had Ravens and Bengals, was that, two weeks ago? But, man, this is right up there in terms of importance both of these teams fighting for their lives in the NFC playoff picture. Uh, Geno Smith and the Seahawks feel like they're trending in the wrong direction. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, ever since they got embarrassed by San Francisco in that Sunday night performance, they have been one of the greatest shows on turf here in the past five or six weeks. CeeDee Lamb going Kanye crazy. Tony Pollard doing good things. De'Ron Bland uh, with his NFL record uh Six pick six last weekend, man. It's been incredible to watch what we've seen here uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. 6-14 left to go, though, here in the opening quarter. Seattle up 7-3. to Geno Smith, one of one, 73 yards and a touchdown, hooking up with D.K. Metcalf. Deron Bland was in coverage, and it was one of those plays where it's like, ah, there's DK Metcalf because it feels like that Geno to DK Metcalf hadn't been hitting on all cylinders uh, the way it was last year. But this is going to be a back and forth game, it seems like. For Dallas here early, Dak Prescott's already went down twice. Kind of worried about that. And it's kind of crazy because last week on Thanksgiving against Washington, Dak could have baked the damn cake back there in the pocket. It felt like Washington couldn't generate any sort of pass rush. And it's crazy. Dax already went down twice in this one. I don't know, man. The Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, it feels like they haven't beat a team with a winning record all year. This was their moment to prove it. Their schedule down the stretch is daunting. After tonight, they're home for Philly on Sunday night football. Then they go at Buffalo, at Miami. Then they're home for Detroit on Monday night. So, Cowboys better buckle up and improve in the damn secondary. DK Metcalf going 73 yards early on Thursday Night Football. Smith fires over the middle. Great grab by Metcalf out in front, and he will go all the way for a touchdown. 73 yards. The beautiful sounds of Al Michael on the call uh, for Amazon Prime. Him and Kirk Herbstreet. 
uh, do a fantastic job. I know Al Michaels caught in a lot of slack over the past year or so with his uh, some of his calls on Amazon's Thursday Night Football. That was a damn good call and really did a nice job really just describing the moment and what it is, man. Seattle, what were they, nine-point dogs, you said? Yep, Seattle was plus nine, and now the line is plus five and a half live. Just like that. Seattle coming in as nine-point dogs. I told you they were trending in the wrong direction. Geno Smith's been banged up with a shoulder injury. Hasn't had a ton of practice time. No Kenneth Walker tonight, so expect to see a lot of Zach Charbonnet. But early, it is the Seattle Seahawks punching the Cowboys in the mouth and Eminem just like that. Guess who? Sick. Lamb. 15-yard touchdown. And CD's been on one ever since that Niners game. So the plus nine is back. <laughs> or, or the minus nine. So the minus nine is back for sure, man. I know you'll be uh, keeping tabs on the lines all night long. It's it's going to be one of those games, man. I texted my uncle. It might have been too premature. I texted him and said, man, already? They gave up a touchdown already? Huge Cowboys fan. No response. But I'm sure I'll get one here in the coming moments, man. Dak Prescott leading the touchdown drive. Five plays, 75 yards. They eat up two minutes and 40 seconds a clock. And just like that, 448 left to go in the opening quarter on Thursday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys up 10-7. to And then Eminem looking for their first win of the season against a team with a winning record. Seattle comes in at 6-5. and And I was saying it earlier, even though that narrative is out there about Dallas, you know, not being able to beat a team with a winning record. If they win tonight and they play well down the stretch here in their final four or five games of the season, I told you the headline that I saw earlier, Dak Prescott starting his MVP era. Maybe if that uh, is an actual thing, man. Like I said, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders down the stretch for Dak. If he can keep it up, he may be in the MVP conversation. He keeps throwing touchdown passes like this to CD. It'll be an easy vote. Here. Fake to Pollard. Protected well. Fires. Caught. Touchdown. Eminem, he did the thing again. I don't know if you watched it all on last Thursday. Here we go. Here we go. It was killing me, bro. It was honestly wacky to watch. I think it just shows the detail that he plays with at the quarterback position, but it felt like it was another slight to Washington. Talking about, here we go. I think it was, was it Dan Orlovsky or was it Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee? Broke that down and was just completely slobbing all over Dak Prescott for his little cadence, man. It's a crazy thing to listen to. That's going to do it, though, here for this Thursday night edition of Overtime. Appreciate Josh Robbins for stopping by the program. Appreciate all of you for tapping in with us. If you want to keep the conversation going, it is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Tech Talk Live, a little Hokies chat coming up next here on The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.